This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Reporter for the Jets for ESPN.com. Does a fabulous job there. Also, commander of the flight deck on our ESPN New York podcast. I know you have the, the, the app. If you don't, come on. What are you waiting for? You're missing some good content from our Rich Samini, who joins us now on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Rich. Hey, Larry. How you doing? Thanks for I'm doing great. Thanks for a couple of minutes, my friend. I know it's been a long day. Rich, let's start out with what I thought was probably one of the highlights of the uh, press conference this this afternoon. And that was the smooth announcement that Mike White was moved up to the backup quarterback role and Joe Flacco was inactive and looks like he's going to be inactive the rest of the year. Rich, is this an indication on what they've seen from Zach Wilson in practice? Well, of course, this decision was, you know, we knew it before the game. I, I could, it was a surprise. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I was watching the pregame warmups, you know, about an hour and a half before the game. And I, I'm like, you know, Joe Flacco's working out with the inactive guys and Mike White's working out with Zach Wilson. It's usually the other way around. So that was the first indication that something was going on. Um, I do know from talking to some people that Zach hasn't had the greatest practices recently, the last week or two. Uh, there was one in particular last week, which I was told to me that was just kind of horrendous. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think this decision has anything to do with with the, that in particular. I It's a very perplexing decision because, you know, they the, the answer that Robert gave after the game was was kind of vague, you know, and didn't really give a definitive reason why they made this change. I mean, Joe Flacco was good enough a few weeks ago to be their starting quarterback for three games, and now he's not good enough to be your backup. He made it sound like it was more of a long-term decision that they want to get a look at Mike White getting more reps in practice as the number two, but that's usually the kind of move a rebuilding team would make. You know, if they were two and five going into today instead of five and two, I can totally see that. You know, you want to get the young guy up on the depth chart, and, you know, give him a chance to get more reps in practice. But the Jets are in the opposite situation. They have a chance to win something this year. And so that was, it was a very perplexing. Uh, I haven't gotten to the bottom of it yet. Maybe, you know, the trading deadline is Tuesday. Maybe they have something worked out where they're going to move Joe Flacco to a, a team that is looking for a veteran backup. San Francisco's backup situation is, is kind of shaky behind Garoppolo. San Francisco's in a playoff hunt, so maybe there's something to that extent, you know. But otherwise, other other than that, it's a very perplexing move. It is, Rich, and it for me with the way that Zach Wilson looked today, I'm almost surprised that you know Wilson wasn't even con- that that White wasn't considered maybe to come in because Rich, I mean, this was really a step back for Zach Wilson. It, it, you understand now why they love running the football. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it, it was difficult to run today. You know, uh, first of all, Brees Hall, you know, they, they're they going to miss him a lot. They miss him a lot today. And they just it's hard to replace a guy who's that dynamic. And so, and then, of course, you know, you're facing the Patriots defense. What do they always do? They always take away your strength. And you knew that Belichick was going to overplay the running game and dare Dak, Zach Wilson to beat them in the passing game. And that's exactly the way it played out and he was unable to beat them in the passing game. So, you know, another masterful job by the Patriots, which they, they've 
every time they play the Jets, it's a master class on how to take advantage of another team's weaknesses. And they do it every time, 13 straight wins over the Jets. But for Zach, it was a step back. There's no question about that. I thought his, I think his play has regressed over the last couple of weeks. And I, I do believe that there's some cause for concern. Oh, there's no question there's cause for concern, Rich. And I think the biggest thing is that they can't seem to get him to, you know, this backpedaling, throwing off one foot, you know, just, just throw it away, Rich. They just can't seem to get him to, to, to commit to that. And then, you know, in the post game, he says, well, I'm frustrated. I'm going back. There's nothing open. Well, okay, listen, that's what happens with great defenses. You throw it away. You throw it out of bounds. Rich, you punt. The defense has played well. Maybe you get a chance to to get to flip field position and, and have another opportunity at it. Yeah, you know he had he came into this game with no turnovers in the previous three games, and so you know he was doing a pretty decent job of protecting the ball. Although there's always those two or three plays in every game where they're like fifty fifty. You know they could have been turnovers mm-hmm. the last few games. Somehow he got through the last three games unscathed, but then he comes into today. And he couldn't even throw the throwaway correctly, you know. I mean, he had Judon coming on him outside the pocket, and he tried to throw it away, and he threw it right to Devin McCourty on the sideline. So, you know, when you can't throw the throwaway correctly, you got a problem. And, uh, yeah, it was rough. I mean, it was really rough, and uh, I don't think he handled it great, even in the post game, He got real snippy after the game with people questioning his decision-making, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, this was not a great day on or off the field for Zach Wilson. No, it was not. It was not. Ritz is my guest, talking about the New York Jets' loss today to the New England Patriots. It's the drive on 98.7 ESPN. All right, Ritz, let's take a step away from Zach Wilson. This Elijah Moore situation is very, very interesting, and uh, the fact that he was on the field for a little bit but that Denzel Mims got more passes thrown to him than, than Elijah Moore's. It's a real interesting situation with him. Richard, they're going to, I know they say they're not going to trade him, but what are they going to do? Very curious. Well, you know, the Jets have a lot of curious situations around them for a team that has a five and three record. Uh, yeah. I mean, Elijah Moore only played 10 plays today and it was if, he traded places with Denzel Mims. You know, Mims is usually the forgotten guy. And now they've, uh, they've swapped roles. And it is, you know, Elijah Moore spoke to the media after the game for the first time since his trade request. And he would not say why he made the request. He would not say if the request is still on the table. He made it clear, though, uh, that he's still very frustrated. In fact, I asked him, how would you describe your chemistry with Zach Wilson on the field. And he's like, I, I don't know. I go, I, he goes, I never get the ball, you know, <laughs> which pretty much was the answer, you know, which says everything, you know, so there is no chemistry. And would they trade him? Of course they say no, but they say that no about, about every player. It's just posturing. They could trade him. They absolutely could. I mean, if, it would have to be a really good offer for them to make that kind of move. I do think they want to try to, reconcile with Elijah Moore. I mean, he is a good player. He's under contract for two more years at a very friendly price for the team. So they have every reason to try to make this work with Elijah Moore, but he is really frustrated. I don't get the sense that he feels any better than he did a week ago when he made the request. So yeah, trades never shock me anymore in the NFL. So I wouldn't rule it out. How did we get here with him? 
Was it just a matter of the fact that he wasn't getting the football and he just popped off about it one day? Or is it is it is, it can't be the same situation that Mims was in about, well, he doesn't run the routes, we're trying to get him to do, because Moore was very active last season, I thought. Yeah, he had a you know, he had that five game stretch last year where he was, you know, really good and you saw the potential. And then this year, you know, I know he was frustrated early in the year. This wasn't just the Green Bay game where he got no targets. I mean, it, it went back a few weeks. And if you look, I mean, he was getting the ball when Flacco was the quarterback. I think mm-hmm. he had about 10 or 12 catches through the first three games. The Jets go back to Zach Wilson, and ever since then, he hasn't been getting the ball. And I don't think any receiver has been getting the ball on a consistent basis since Zach has been back at quarterback. And I venture to say, now this is a little speculative on my part, but it's more of like informed speculation. I don't think any of the receivers are happy. You know, I mean, when you're, when you're only completing, you know, 12 to 20 passes a week, you know, there's not a lot to go around. And so, you know, yes, Garrett Wilson got a, a, a big share today. Tyler Conklin got a big share. They had six catches apiece, but going into today, uh, I don't think any of the receivers were happy with their share of the pie. And, uh, you know, I think it stems from the quarterback position. Yeah, because they don't trust him to throw the football. <laughs> they, you know, and especially when yeah, we saw the I mean, way he was running, good... Rich. I mean, why would you do? Why would you? Yeah, I mean, they had a good formula going for a few, for four weeks. It was like, let's run. It was ground and pound with Brees Hall and let our defense make some plays. And, and there you go. And that was a good formula. That's the formula they should have going forward because clearly Zach Wilson cannot carry the team on his back, but I don't know if they can do that formula anymore. I mean, can you do it with Michael Carter and and James Robinson? It's not the same as having Brees Hall. It isn't. It isn't. It's going to be, it's going to be a a challenge for LaFleur kind of trying to come up with a game plan offensively, Rich, because you know what Buffalo's going to do. And this is a team that puts points on the board. You, you know, you, you got to be able to put some points to hang in with them. And otherwise you're going to, your defense is going to be on the field forever. Yeah. I mean, Buffalo is going to be a huge challenge. They're so explosive. I mean, they're uh, an elite quarterback. I mean, today they got beat by Mac Jones, who's hardly an elite quarterback. Next week they're going to face uh, Josh Allen for the first of two trips. And he's really, really good in in every aspect. He is probably the leading candidate for MVP, at least in my book, you know, dangerous running and throwing. It's going to be absolutely tough for the Jets. Um, But I still think the Jets have a pretty good defense. And as long as they can avoid the roughing the passer penalties, uh, hello, JFM, uh, you know, they, you know, I still think they have a good defense. Let's talk about that, Rich, because this is the self-inflicted wounds that, Rich, I don't, and you know this better than I do, and I've, I've you know, we've worked together a long time covering this team. Uh, it doesn't seem to matter who who's coaching or what the regime is, this team with the, with the unforced errors, the, the bad plays, the, and this time from veterans, just constantly puts them in bad positions. This was a game changer for the Jets because on that play with the Carter interception, it changed the whole game. They never recovered from that. Yeah, it was the biggest penalty of the year. I mean, there's no doubt about it because of the way that unfolded. I mean, you know, the penalty, you know, it just nullifies, you know, one of the best plays of the year. What could have been one of the best plays of the year, the Michael Carter pick six, you know, which would have given the Jets, uh, you know, a 14-point halftime lead. I, I think they probably hold on in the second half. 
You know, they can play the game a little bit differently in the second half if they have a two-touchdown lead as opposed to, uh, you know, a four-point lead. It, it changes everything. And, you know, obviously the Jets were upset with that call. They thought it was a bad call. Um, you know, was it a bad call? I mean, it was a little late. Robert Sala said after the game, somewhat sarcastically, I might add, that the official explanation was that he hit the quarterback too hard. And you could just feel the sarcasm dripping dripping off his words there with that. But, uh, you know, it was a little late. And you know how these guys, these officials are going to call it now. With You know, they're protecting the quarterback more than ever. And you're going to get the commercial call. And it's not the first time JFM has done it. He had it early, one earlier in the year, which was very costly. And he had one or two last year as well. It's really frustrating, boy. This this, this is going to be an interesting week, uh, Rich, to see what they do to try to, uh, you know, get back on the winning track to be, you know, to be uh, uh, to be in this game late because, as we know, this Buffalo team, like you said, is very explosive. Uh, the uh, the Diggs Gardner situation is going to be. This is going to be a, a master class for the young man in the secondary. Yeah, I mean that's one thing today. I, I think Gardner may have been targeted only once or twice today. I mean, Patriots just showed him a lot of respect by avoiding him. And uh, he, you know, I think Sauce's reputation is is pretty good now, and teams might be trying to avoid him. But if he's on digs, uh, yeah, that's that'll be a matchup. You know, you want to pay to see. Uh, you know, they don't typically move Gardner around the formation. He's usually on one side, just usually on the left side of the defense. But uh, boy, if they were to move him around on digs, that would be uh, that would be a really interesting matchup. Sauce had another good game today. And, uh, you know, it, it, it is a very frustrating loss. I know why Jets apoplectic right now, especially with the quarterback. But they did come off a four-game losing streak, and you can't lose sight of that. They are 5-3, and three, you know, at the, at the eight game. I was going to say the halfway point, but there really isn't a halfway point with 17 yeah, really. games now. So uh, they're, they're ahead of schedule in that respect. I, I think a lot of people thought they'd win five games the whole year. So uh, you have to, you can't lose sight of that. They are doing some good things, although today some of those good things were not there, like special teams, which let them mm-hmm. down today, uh, and that had been a strong point all year. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, a really brutal loss today, and I, the frustration is just palpable when they play the Patriots. I mean, it's like Belichick's in their heads, yeah. 13 in a row. It, it's just, I just wonder if it'll ever stop, you know? <laughs> So, uh, but they'll get the Patriots in another two or three weeks, and they'll get another crack at them up there. Yeah, I, I think. Um, uh, last thing, Rich, I think just for the fans, the frustration of you watch the Chicago Bears just just handle them so easily, and you figure, okay, this is a winnable game because we know we got Buffalo coming up. Uh, so for the Jet fan, they're thinking, no, if we could squeeze one here and we got a lead, you know, last six and two, hey, you know what? We're we're rolling now. We're rolling. So I think that that was the frustrating thing. And just for the, just because there's so many questions around Zach Wilson, Rich, you know, for the number two pick overall, you you'd like to see something where you can hang your hat on with him. And as you mentioned, he's his play is regressing. And that's you know they they have a if this continues, they have a major decision to make at the end of this season, Rich. They may have to go out and look for a quarterback. Well, not only that, what if he has a bad game against Buffalo and they lose and then they're going to the bye week and, uh, you know, there'll be all sorts of questions swirling around about whether to, you know, make a quarterback change or not, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. now that White is at number two. He's a fan favorite. Everybody loves Mike White. 
And now that he's the number two quarterback, I don't think this was the Jets' plan, but the way it's worked out is it just creates more controversy because the fans know now that he's only one step away from the top job. And, uh, you know, he leapfrogged Flacco, who's apparently out of the picture now. And so I think that puts a little more pressure on Zach Wilson because he knows the fan favorites right behind him. So it's a fascinating situation, and the Jets are going to have to do some regrouping this week. The good thing is I don't think there were any key injuries in the game today, which was, which was good news considering what's happened to them over the last couple of weeks with injuries. Yeah, there's no question about it. Rich, we'll be watching and reading you all week. It's going to be a fascinating week at One Jets Drive. We'll talk soon, my friend. All right. Thank you, Larry. Have a good night. All right, you too. That's Rich Samini. We'll come back. We'll get your thoughts next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Back to the phones we go. Chris is in Manhattan. What's up, Chris? Good evening, Larry. How's everything? Everything is fine, my friend. What's going on? <laughs> I'm a, was it Heavy D who said, I'm going to try to kick a verse without a curve? Yes. I'm kind of <laughs> scared, bro. Uh, I, I was I was talking to uh, talking to Buddha earlier, and I said I, I'm I'm not sure I want to go on Larry's show because I don't want to get banned. So I'm gonna try and keep this short and sweet. Number one, and then I need to ask you a question at the end. Number one, um, you just uh, John Franklin Myers, right? That to me, right there, mm-hmm. right there, seventeen to seventeen to three. You you sending you sending him into halftime. With a gut punch, and you keep it moving from there with 30 minutes to go, and I mean, you literally took the life. I mean, I, it just, it just, I don't know about the stadium, but watching it, you, 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 you just knocked the whole turntable over while the party was really getting good. Scratched right. the record, knocked, knocked everything over. Um, You there, Chris? I don't question. Yeah. Oh, your phone dropped you for a second. Yeah, I got you now. Okay. Um, Zach Wilson. I don't look. And I was saying to the producer, and I and I even tweeted it out. This right here, this is for the crowd that you hear say, oh, well, he's just a game manager. Shoot, as a game manager, you're winning. And then number two, I love the escapability. Because sometimes the, the, the offensive line has to get better, but you need to know when to quit on a freaking play. This running around, holding the ball too long, and we all can see it. You could be a football idiot and be like my man, throw the ball away. Well, you, 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 you're two inches from the sideline. You could throw the ball away. No, this dude has to wait to the last second and t- and throw the ball away and take an unnecessary hit. That's how long you're holding the ball. When he has a clean pocket, puts his foot in the ground and delivers the ball on time, I'm loving it. But, man, let me tell you, these these decisions that he makes on the run, nah, man, this is, this is, this is not it. This, and, and let me tell you, you know, you know this is better than any. This is New York, bro. You mm-hmm. got a few more games. You got a few more games to put games like that on tape. This is this is not for long, man, and and I'm all for. Yes, we we're gonna we're gonna have to let him develop, but you got they gotta have a strong conversation with him about getting that out your game. Yep, you are you are not Superman, my brother. 
You more Clark Kent than Superman, man. So write them articles. Don't try to save the world. I'm going to stop there, like, because, oh, I'm sorry. My question is this. Mm-hmm. Penalties like this, Zach Wilson playing like Zach, okay, making some of those decisions. What's the score next week in Buffalo? I got 45-10. <laughs> hey, you might be close, my friend. Thanks for the phone call. You're right. And as Samini mentioned, if it's 45-10 and you're going into the bye week, do you bring Mike White in that game? Ooh. We'll get your thoughts next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Five and two. You weren't expecting to be five and two. You were you, you, great. Great. Okay. You lose today. You're now five and four, five and three. Now you've got a Buffalo team that is, I mean, explosive with who many consider the front runner to the MVP in Josh Allen, who is a passer and a runner and a physical runner who is tough to bring down. You've got a very physical Buffalo defense. You're right now, your offensive line is okay. Your run game is okay. And you've got a quarterback that's coming off a three interception performance. And according to Rich Samini, who joined us a couple of moments ago, has not really practiced well over the past few weeks. This has the earmarks of a very tough day coming up. And with the promotion of Mike White to number two to make sure he gets more reps during the week with Flacco being inactive today and looks like he will be inactive the rest of the season, and as Samini speculated, perhaps he's going to be moved on to another team as a backup. And everybody knows that the backup quarterback is the fan's number one friend. And we also know that nobody, no potential player, splits up a locker room like a quarterback controversy. And you've got some veterans in there. They know what's going on in practice. They see what's happening. And so, listen, how could you not have questions and concerns about your starting quarterback right now? And Jet fans, I hate to tell you, you're going to hear this conversation all week long on, on all the shows on 9870 ESPN because he is the number two pick in the draft. And there are a number of folks who didn't think the Jets should have chosen him because of the because of the school he went to, because of the schedule that that school plays, because of his height, different, whole different things, all different reasons as to why you should not have drafted Zach Wilson. 
And once again, as Christopher Manhattan mentioned, when he has his foot, when he follows all his fundamental fundamentals, he can whip the ball around. It looks good. Right on time. Boom. Pass one, two, three. Boom. It's out of his hands. Looks tremendous. But most quarterbacks in the NFL look tremendous when they have a perfect pocket and they have time to throw. It's what you do decision-wise when you have to run and move off the ball. And he doesn't do a good job. He has not done a good job with that. He just hasn't. And once again, it's the rolling. We've said it all the time. You, Everybody knows. It's rolling out, going backwards. It's trying to throw late out of bounds. It's waiting to the last second before you throw it out of bounds. It's, it's, just, it's just a lot of things. It's a lot of things that unfortunately aren't changing. See, that's the concern. It's not getting better. It's not. That's the frustrating thing that you have as a Jet fan. And obviously to the coaching staff. Because now without Brees Hall and that breakaway game-breaking speed that he has, what do you do? Okay, what do you do? Because everybody's going to block, put 10-11 in the box. You're not running on us. Make him throw. It's going to be interesting to see what the Jets do going into this uh, game against Buffalo and then the bye week afterwards. Back to the phones. John's in the Garden State. What's up, John? Hey, Larry. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good, John. What's happening? Larry, this is a really disappointing loss on part of the Jets here. Uh, going into this game, I said they had to play a clean game. They had to, you know, be smart about things. And they're doing the same things that they did earlier in the year before they went on their roll until they lost today. And that was the roughing the pass of penalties. John Franklin Myers did this earlier in the season. It burned us and cost us. Same thing with C.J. Mosley. They just keep doing it over and over again. Uh, the poor tackling a week ago in Denver continued today where guys are getting yards after the catch. They're slipping tackles. Guys aren't, aren't hitting hard and, and, and getting clean tackles the way they should. They're not following po- proper technique. And I don't know who's responsible for Zach Wilson, Larry, who's responsible for coaching this kid, but uh, they got to get his mind right because he's making the same mistakes over and over again I'm tired of seeing figure eights on the field and going in circles and going left and going right and twisting and turning on a surgically repaired knee that I can assure you is still not 100%. I'm not an NFL quarterback, but I had that same surgery, and it took me a while to get my footing back. And it, and it, still, it still gives me trouble. It's still cranky when the weather changes, and, and that's going to be coming too for him. And uh, when, when he stands tall in the pocket and, and he, he sets his feet, He's fine. He's got a real strong arm, but his accuracy is off. And when he throws off his back foot, he's absolutely horrendous. And any quarterback that's off balance, that's throwing, you know, off their back foot, is not going to have the proper uh, velocity on the football and the proper accuracy on the football. And I don't know why this kid refuses to just simply play for the next down. Just throw it with with, with, uh, velocity and confidence out of bounds. you're under duress, you've got two, three guys coming at you, and you're twisting and you're turning, like I said, and you're going in circles, and and you're doing these push passes and and, and these wrist roll passes, uh, throwing it up for grabs. And and, and i got to tell you, when when Carter took that interception in, I was flying high. I was sky high. 
and so is the crowd in the stadium, and so is that football team. And that took like, that absolutely took all the air out of me as a fan watching it, and I'm sure it deflated the team as well because they just weren't the same after that. And 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 that's like I said, it's discipline, it's being smart. You know, it's one thing all gas no breaks to play hard, but you also got to play smart too. You know what the, the rules are. You know how to protect these quarterbacks now. You got to be super super careful. You can't go to the head. You can't go late. And John Franklin Myers, I'm sorry, Larry, that was a very, very late hit. That was just stupid. I, it was. I, I just couldn't believe that he did that. He should have been benched for that. He should have been allowed to go back in that football game. Well, they probably was, would have, that, John. That cost him the game. They probably would have, John, thanks for the phone call, but he's, he's one of their better players on the defense. He's one of the better players. So I think he was out for a play or two, but, uh, you know, they, they had to bring him back in. But everything you said is correct. It was it was a game changer for this team, and at seventeen three, okay, that's a different game now. Now you can run the ball a little bit, okay, and plus it forces New England now to have to be a bit more aggressive offensively. And now you get to pin pin your ears back and and rush the passer, and possibly sack him again. I mean, they had six sacks on the day. So now you have an opportunity to really wrap him up and and steal a win against a New England team that you're better than. I mean, this isn't, I mean, come on, this isn't, you know, the Brady-led Patriots. This is a team that's struggling. Felix is in the Bronx. What's up, Felix? Hey, how you doing? I've been a a Jets fan since uh, Richard Todd. And it seems to me like it's the same old Jets. Same old Jets. They beat the good teams, and they lose to the teams that they should be beating. I just don't get it. I don't think this kid is going to take us to the promised land. I don't think so. I don't think he's the one. And and, and he puts the defense in an awful situation. You know, that, that's crazy. It's, You're right, it's, Felix. Yes. He, right now, he's not playing like he's the one. There's, there's no question about that. I will give you that. Right now, he's playing like he might need to be replaced. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, if the other guy was seeing ghosts, what is he seeing? Uh, uh, what, what, what is this guy seeing if the other guy was seeing ghosts? Is he seeing zombies or something? Because <laughs> I don't know what he's seeing, Felix. Thanks for the phone call. But here's what I know is that if he doesn't turn things around, you can't possibly cont- – how can you continue to, to send him out there? Okay, this is not last season where you're trying to find out what you have. Okay, this is not that. This is a situation where you're winning. You have you have an outside shot, outside shot at doing something special this season. And you've got veterans on this club now. You got a 37-year-old in Dwayne Brown who came back to to because he saw what the opportunity was. And looked at this team. I mean, he could have said no, but he saw what this the potential of this team. And he's like, Yeah, let me give it a shot. So for me, uh, you have an opportunity here to do something special. And if this kid continues to play the way he does, you have to really consider that uh, you know, you gotta make a change. You gotta make a change. It's not fair. It's not fair. 
Coming up on November 18th, the Michael K. Show is celebrating 20 years, two decades on ESPN New York with a live broadcast and after party at the Palladium in Times Square. Now, leading up to the event, listen to DPH and Rothenberg mornings and the Michael K. Show in the afternoon for your chance to win $1,000 per show. Plus, the K. Show anniversary party brought to you by our friends at Telemore Dew. When it's time to celebrate, it's Tully time and Coors Light keeping New York chill. For details on how you can win or to purchase tickets to the event, go to kshow20.com. That's kshow20, spell out the word 20.com. We'll come back. We'll wrap up with your calls, and we'll complete week eight in the National Football League. We'll take you around the NFL next on 98.7 ESPN.